So oh. maybe that's Top Golf next time. Who knows? <laughs> Might not go back. It's that one summer <laughs> class. It's the workout. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the workout yeah. you have today. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. It's going to be May 1st. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Joining us now is another NSYNC fan. He's also a former BYU know NFL that? linebacker, David Nixon. David, tell me you're a Justin Timberlake and NSYNC fan, especially me, on May 1st. Tell me why. Backstreet Boys? I mean, maybe like 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know. I don't, I don't like to admit it, but I, yes, I like their music back then. We, we all not? liked it when we were alone. Back in the, you know what I mean? <laughs> I liked and, it publicly. Yeah. I went to the concert. Yeah. I'm not a, no shame. Yeah, I went to a Backstreet Boys concert last summer. Well, it's like one of the best I've ever been to. It was so fun. <laughs> Spencer for sure had his bleach tips going 100%. Uh, when he went to the concert. 100%. He, had, he was rocking them for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. In a stadium of 35,000 where 95% were high school girls and I was oh. a high school boy. Come on. Listen, Come on. When you're, yeah, in, yeah, well when you're in well high done. school, that is a gold mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. Uh, we're trying to figure out which of the BYU players found their gold mine in the NFL. Of the three draft picks, which do you like the best or as the best fit to their team? Man, when you start to dive into it, uh, we'll start with Jaron, right? Kind of the quarterback. They always get all the, uh, the, 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 the news on them. Um, I, I like this match with Kevin O'Connell, the head coach for the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell, obviously former San Diego State quarterback. I played against him back in my day. Um, and, and something that's interesting about Kevin O'Connell, if you go back and look at his career in 2007, he led his team in rushing yards. Uh, I think he ended up second in, in San Diego State history for most rushing touchdowns. So this is a guy who obviously had a great arm, but he liked to get out of the pocket and run the ball a little bit. Obviously, he doesn't currently have that with his quarterback situation, so he's looking for maybe to switch it up and bring in a guy like Jaron Hall. Because you look around the league and you see what the league is doing uh, with, with mobile quarterbacks. You look at what happened with Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, et cetera. Um, I, I think he looks at Jaron Hall as maybe a little bit of a project that he could switch things up in his offense and go back to his own personal roots which is, uh, you know, him being a rushing type quarterback. Um, so I like that fit. I like Puka Nakua, honestly. You look at the, the, the Rams and you look at the, their, their wide receiver core, obviously Cooper Cup, big time receiver, big time contract. But besides that, there's not too many notable names on there that you're going to be fighting against that, that are, are, are big money. And that's typically what you look at. You look at guys, uh, that, that are, you know, have long contracts with big money where, the GM and the ownership has to play that player because they paid him so much money. Um, but but in this situation, I think he has a, a chance to fit right in and, and maybe take a starting spot. And, and that's the other thing, too, with all these different positions. There's so much to be played out from here. Injuries happen all the time. And next thing you know, you move your way up on that depth chart. Uh, and come season time, you know, there's some attrition, as we know, in football. And, and, and next thing you know, you're thrust in the spotlight. You make a name for yourself, a la Austin Colley. You go out there and ball out, and next thing you know, you, you're into a uh, starting role and get a big contract a couple of years later. So um, I like his situation. Uh, obviously, Freeland you know, and Lachance, both to Indianapolis. We'll see how that all plays out. Um, we'll see what happens with D'Angelo Mandel. I was talking mm. to his agent over the weekend, um, who's my agent at the time, and we were texting back and forth, and they're really excited about his opportunities with the Cowboys. Uh, they felt like the Cowboys came after him pretty hard. They wanted him pretty bad. Um, and so they're excited to see how that all plays out. Um, so we'll see. I mean, listen, we have, uh, was it seven guys that, that, that made spots on, on a, on a team? 
But uh, Peyton Wilgar's another guy who's getting invited to some mini camps. Um, so there's going to be some opportunities there. Hopefully somebody eventually signs him. Uh, so the, the, the definitely not done. The dust, dust has not settled quite yet. But so far, a uh, great haul for BYU. Who's most likely to be the the Taysom Hill, Daniel Sorensen, Michael Davis, undrafted free agent that sticks in the NFL, in your opinion, among those four dudes? I, I mean, here's the thing. Quarterbacks are so tough, right? Uh, quarterback position is tough because there's only one guy in the field. I like Puka's situation. I really do. I just talked about it a second ago. But, but I think his work ethic and something that McVay, I think, values greatly in, in his guys uh, is, is a guy like Puka Nakuda that's going to come in there and work his butt off. And, and like I said, you look at the other receivers that are there currently, I don't think of them are too flashy or, or anything that Puka can't go out there and, and kind of beat him out in their own spot. So I like his spot. I think he has a chance to have some staying power there in Los Angeles and, and have a nice, uh, you know, long career with, with the Rams. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's, like I said, there's so much that goes into this. Hopefully he stays healthy. That's the name of the game for these rookies. You, they always, there's a, there's a saying that you, you can't make the squad in, in the, uh, in the, in the training room, right? Um, you, you've got to be on the field. And so these guys got to make sure they, they keep their bodies healthy because, uh, if you get hurt as a rookie, it's tough. Typically you kind of get, uh, you get washed out of the system and it's tough to get back in. And, and so you've got to be healthy and, and hopefully try to make a run. Okay, among those four undrafted free agents, who's most likely to stick, in your opinion, among Chris Brooks to the Dolphins, Caleb Hayes to the Jaguars, D'Angelo Mandel to the Cowboys, and Harris Lachance to the Colts? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Harris Lachance's game. I think him being right there along uh, with Freeland, you know, hopefully they'll be able to kind of study with each other and, and, and keep each other sharp in the game. Um, hearing the feedback about D'Lo, I, I like D'Lo's chances. I mean, the Cowboys looking at their defense and, and what they like to do, um, a lot of man on the outside, and that's exactly what uh, that fits into D'Lo's game as well. So, uh, but Caleb Hayes, what a what a pro day! We talked about his pro day what a month or so ago. Um, he had a fantastic pro day. I think that's why the Jaguars can call it. So, For sure. Uh, hopefully, he can stick. And then, and then of course, Chris Brooks. I mean, the guy's a beast. He had a great pro day as well. Uh, can he become like a bruiser back and learn to kind of run more north and south uh, and deliver some some punishing blows? We'll we'll see how it plays out for him as well. David Nixon, former BYU and NFL linebacker, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I almost hate to turn the page to Cody Epps because the NFL draft typically just dominates headlines, at least for a few days. But with the news that Epps has entered the transfer portal, BYU's wide receiver core is now very much in a state of flux and a little bit of scramble mode. What was your reaction to Cody Epps entering the transfer portal on the final day he could do so without having to incur a sit-out-of-season penalty? Uh, frustration <laughs> it was probably the first thing that came to mind. Uh, but then they, they quickly in their mind just turned to, hey, next guy up. I mean, there's not much you can do about it. He, that's his decision. He can do whatever he wants. He can move on. Um, and I think BYU, as you guys alluded to earlier in the show, they, they did all they could with the collective trying to get him taken care of. Um, and obviously it wasn't enough, he felt like, until he's going to go test the waters. So it's, it is frustrating. Uh, I, I think the fact that BYU, and I'm going back to the draft a little bit, the fact that BYU had three drafted players in, in top in the top of the five rounds, which hasn't been done since 2002, yeah. I think that's something you can now take to all these uh, other guys that are in the transfer portal that are looking to transfer and say, listen, come to BYU. We'll get you drafted. I mean, we're, we're year in and year out, we're putting guys in the draft. Um, 2001 or 2021, but Zach's year had what, five guys drafted that yep. year. And so – uh, you know, th- this is something that BYU is building something. There's, there's some momentum going here. You head into the Big 12, you're going to get more exposure. Um, and so I think that's the recruit now, or the, the pitch to these potential recruits, the guys that are in the transfer portal is come to BYU, we'll get you drafted. Um, 
Cody Epps left his vacant spot, so here's a chance to come on in and, and have them, you know, into production. So, uh, you know, I think there's a way to, to use the draft to kind of play off this Cody Epps and use it as a pitch to these, uh, these kids that are still looking for a home. Now, certainly at receiver, it's a big blow because BYU had three good ones, they felt like, in Chase Roberts and Keanu Hill and Cody Epps. Cody's out. It's not that BYU doesn't have talent behind him. It's just unproven and young at this point because you got a guy like Devin Downing coming off kind of the gray shirt year last year. He was with Chase Roberts in high school. He was awesome. you got Parker Kingston who could play into the mix. you got JoJo Phillips from Sierra Canyon. Shout-out to Bronny and LeBron. And Dom Henry. Dom Henry from Florida. You've got some good talent. They just haven't played yet. How many dudes does BYU need to get in the portal that are ready to go in the first year of the Big 12? Yeah, to, to your point, that's a tough thing. Is we, we know what Cody Epps could do, right? And, and it is totally different from guys, even JUCO guys coming in that have played at the JUCO level. It takes some time for them to get used to the speed of the game at the D1 level. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because Cody's been there, done that, even though he got injured. Um, and, and now you have to get other guys to come in and get them caught up to speed and, and get them some live reps so they get used to the, to the live game speed. So um, I don't know what the number is. I, obviously, they're targeting, you know, I'm, I'm guessing probably three, four, or five guys to, to bring in. They're looking for the best guys out there. I, I 100% trust that he's talking to make the right move and, and attract the right guys to come in. But, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to fill those shoes. No, no doubt, no question about it. I mean, you mentioned you rattled off some of the receivers. Keep in mind, uh, Isaac Rex is back. BYU's got a good uh, tight end uh, room as well that they've developed some young guys. And so I think they'll be fine. I, I don't think the sky's falling by any means, but it, it definitely hurts. There's no question about it. When I heard the news, it was a gut punch um, and something you just you, you, you don't want to see. And that, this is the bummer about the transfer portal. But listen, BYU's been the recipient of some great transfers that come in this year in particular. Uh, so as you guys alluded to, the, the transfer portal will take it and it give it. So we'll see uh, what, what it giveth here in the next couple of days, I would guess. Uh, maybe the next week or so, we'll start to hear some, some other names that start to fall into place. All right, Dave, we'll finish with this. How does BYU, moving forward, navigate the transfer portal with NIL and so much tampering going on? What's the key? Well, let's not talk to some of the guys at the collective. They're working hard. Those guys are trying to, to get the money raised, and, and they're trying to take care of the players. Uh, they're working closely with uh, with the rest of the administration to make sure that uh, you know, they're on top of their game. As we know, the the collective was one of the first ones that was put together across the country. And so we're, BYU is very proactive in this approach. Uh, but I also know that they're doing it the right way. There's not tampering. There's nothing of that sort going on. And so they're, they're doing it the right way, uh, which I know could be frustrating because maybe there's other things that aren't going the right way that could be frustrating. So we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. But uh, I think BYU is doing, doing like they're, they're doing what they need to do. And I think we'll pay dividends. I think, I think like I said, Dari has paid dividends. I think we'll truly land a couple big names here before it's all said and done. Great stuff, David. Always nice to talk with you. Uh, I'm searching for Justin Timberlake's next concert tour sites, so <laughs> when I locate that, I'll let you know. We can take the wives and uh, do, do a whole concert. Or just thing. us three, like whatever. Us three will take Blaine and Dave too. Why not? Make it, make it oh, nice Blaine would be there. there. I don't know about Dave, but Blaine <laughs> would be there. Yeah. David, thanks for Blaine, the time, Blaine man. Blaine would be there singing along. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, he's David Dixon. All right, thanks, guys. You got it. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The NFL Draft. Who's saying the draft? Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua all getting drafted. Or is it Cody Epps 
shocking the BYU only, sports days and leaving in the transfer portal on Sunday. The, the Cody Epps thing is going to be the answer because Cody was outspoken about how good of a fit it was. And he, he even said something to the effect of, I feel like it's my mission to sort of be who I am and help Provo and, and you know, BYU understand about me. And it was like, yeah, we love you. You're great. So obviously he had to get some six-figure uh, option from a P5 that – you know, was something that he wanted to take. And listen, not everyone's situation is the same. Yeah. And sometimes, hey, your family needs that dough. Or listen, that could really help you, like right away. And maybe it's a, in his mind, better situation. But it, it, we thought this was a good situation for him. And he was telling us it was. Yes. So that's why it's so disappointing. It's not just that he's leaving. It's that you told us this was good. And now it's not? What happened? The almighty dollar? I get it, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to be disappointed about it. How will BYU respond? Will they, will they try and scramble and potentially match whatever is being offered to well, Cody to go elsewhere? I, the, the people I've talked to is that that process has already happened and come and gone. Oh, yeah. gosh. Holy cow. And at what point, Spence, is um, that sort of leveraging in that moment um, too much, meaning a certain amount? Like, what is... All right, no. Like we We're love not gonna you, play that but game. we can't. We can't continue to go down this road. And what precedence do you set for your other teammates? Like if you're Keanu Hill and Chase Roberts, and you look over and see that, it's like, well, wait, why? Why do I not have a similar amount? Like if I'm Keanu Hill, I'm going, uh, hello, I'm right here. Um, I, I had some similar moments in certain games. Granted, Cody's came against Notre Dame and Arkansas. Um, Keanu's have came against like Wyoming and Utah Tech. Sure. Which we kind of touched against Oregon too. Yes, but I'm talking like his breakout game. Yeah, sure. Um, Chase Roberts had the one game um, against Bailey that was tremendous, right? Um, but he, so it sets a weird precedent. You just ha- kind of have to be careful in that regard. So here's the thing. Why is it that human nature, and in fact, I sat in uh, a family, a marriage and family course yesterday <clears throat> taught by a guy named Todd Spencer. He's an Oklahoma State fan, big, big 12 fan. And he brought up a great point. He's like, there's just this, we naturally like take positive interactions and they just like it, it, you know, we're like, yeah, it's great. It's, it's fantastic. But the negative interaction always like grabs our attention. So he's like in marriage, typically you need to have like five positive interactions to offset one negative interaction. Oh, jeez, That <laughs> like, ratio is so high. Yeah. That's so high. Right. I, I believe it. But it, it correlates here. Like all of these great things happen. Like the I NFL know, so- draft, like oh, it's awesome. And then this one negative interaction happens. It's like, Wait, what? I also How want, dare you? I also want people to be careful. Like, I've had some really negative responses in my mentions of people saying some, using some adjectives that are not okay regarding integrity and like, n- Come no, on. No. Come on. No. Like, you've never decommitted from anything in your life. Also, if you were offered a certain sum of money to get you out of a certain situation, like, yeah. you would never say yes because of your integrity. There's always a to price me, now. The, to me, him saying he loves BYU, and this is a great fit, is not... In an integrity or honesty conversation. He still loves BYU. Yes. And we will still uh, enjoy his career, but obviously it's not with us. He's breaking up with BYU, and that's disappointing. That hurts. That hurts. It really does. Because he's a good person, and he's a good player. And and that fit fit is ah, one that we loved. Because he's not a member of the church. He is black. He loves BYU. He uh, was outspoken about how great this was. Good ambassador for the program. It's disappointing to lose a guy like that. It's disappointing. 
No question. But yeah, don't don't challenge his integrity. Like no, this no, no. this is the wild west. That's silly. He's dealing with things that he never thought he'd have to deal with. Like when somebody comes with a huge price tag and says, "Hey, come play for our program and, you know, this power conference with this much money." And it's like, "Oh, I didn't think that that was possible, but I now I'm having to like deal with this." I don't know what matters in his life. I don't know what his family exactly. financial situation is. Exactly. We don't, we don't know is. the scenario. I don't know what kind of debt his family might be in or what he needs or values or what opportunities he's looking for. Who am I to judge that piece, right? I can only say what I feel about his game, which is that he's a tremendous receiver. We saw, we saw the beginnings of him. That's what hurts he as well. He did not put up huge numbers the whole, you know what I, the whole season. Like he's not one of the elite receivers in the country, but he's pacing towards something really nice and awesome. And so is Chase Roberts, and so is Keanu Hill, and that trio was very exciting. I don't include Isaac Rex in sort of that conversation because that's the tight ends. The tight ends are a different piece for me. If you're talking pass catchers, sure. But I think, and we'll get to this later in the week, BYU needs not just maybe one or two receivers in the portal that could be impact guys. I think it's three plus. Now because Cody's gone? I don't think you can walk into the Big 12 and be like, we have three receivers we trust. Well, what if two of those get hurt in the first four weeks? We saw it last year where Puka Nakua got hurt in game one and Gunnar Romney barely played. You needed a Chase Roberts and a Cody Epps to deliver. Luckily, they did. But BYU doesn't – I don't want in the Big 12 to be like, well, hopefully some of these freshmen or redshirt freshmen are ballers now. I would like them to have another season before they have to do something. Okay, can we be real just for a second and, like, take the I wide – I thought we had no, been no, no, the, the whole the time. The wide lens here. Oh, All okay. BYU fans, the wide lens. BYU just had three players drafted into the National Football League. This should be like a the celebratory na- <laughs> awesome day. Instead, we're like bummed about Cody Epps leaving. I know it hurts to lose a wide receiver like Cody Epps, a freshman All-American. We're talking about a freshman All-American honorable mention compared to three dudes that have traversed through BYU have now made it into the NFL and can go and get paid real money to play at the highest stage. like I get it, Spence. I get it because <laughs> we're excited about them at the next level, but what we want most is BYU football this fall to be good. Oh, man. That's what we want the most, the current team to be good. Crazy. In, okay, our elite voice of the day in response to what was the bigger story. And you mentioned overwhelmingly it's been Cody Epps. Yeah, it should be. Presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated again from at CL underscore living says, neither. The biggest BYU story is that Lauren Gustin made another rebound. (laughs) Well done. That's why it's elite. That's great. Nicely done. Nicely Uh, done. She's back after a rebound. Now that is is some great news, okay? Some positivity on this uh, day of disappointment. Okay, (laughs) it should be a great day. You're right. But I get it. I get it. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. We are live at Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. And it is now time to welcome in the newest member of the BYU basketball team, a transfer portal addition from UC Irvine, a former Big West champion and leading scorer for UCI. He is Dawson Baker. Dawson, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. And congratulations on yeah, becoming a part of Mark Pope's BYU basketball squad. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. I'm happy to be on this, this platform right now. It's been a long time coming for me. Where does your history with BYU basketball begin? Fandom, 
uh, your recruitment. Walk us through all of that. Yeah, well, just being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you kind of have a well understanding of BYU and what they're all about. Um, and in high school, I got some recruitment a little bit from them, but nothing too serious. Um, and then Irvine was the most serious out of all the schools I talked to and ended up committing to them. Um, but I always, you know, I always knew that was a, a stage that I've envisioned myself playing at when I was a little kid. Uh, and I think a lot of people in the church do that when they're kids and they play sports. They envision BYU to be that platform just because of the fan base, the people around there, the community. Everything is so special there. Um, and so for me, it started when I was little. Uh, it didn't really happen right away and I had to work for it. But maybe it made me cherish it a little bit more. I'm, I'm excited to finally be here. Who's the relative or person in your ward or friend that's like the big BYU fan that reached out to you was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> There was a lot of them. There was a lot of them. <laughs> my brother, my brother uh, attended school there, and he was a big, uh, big supporter of this. He was really happy for me. He loved his experience at BYU, and so he was thrilled for me. Now, Dawson, you said you always wanted to be on this type of stage, and obviously BYU playing the Big 12 is a big stage, no doubt. When did you feel like, okay, I've done what I needed to do at UC Irvine, and BYU is the place? Like, wh When did that timeline begin? I think this is the way this year went. I mean, I felt very comfortable in my ability in this conference uh, down here. Um, I did. I felt like I kind of did a lot that nothing more would kind of mean too much of. You know, I, I felt like I scored enough points, won enough games to kind of prove myself here. Um, and I wanted. I was just ready for that jump. It just, I just felt ready. Um, and today, or this, this year, I guess, after the season, it just felt right that having two years instead of one year to kind of, instead of putting one year of putting all my eggs in one basket and trying to jump into it and hope it goes well, at least give me two years to kind of figure it out for a year and, and, and hopefully have a better fifth year. From a historical standpoint, you're going to be on BYU's first Big 12 team, which is super cool. But let's talk about your game. We've really enjoyed uh, getting to know you statistically and now talking to you. But looking at your film, too, three-level score, you finish at the rim really well, and you draw a lot of fouls. Why is that such an important part of your game? Yeah, I think it's huge because you've got to be a three-level score if you're going to be any good, any good score. You know, If you rely too heavily on one aspect of your game, you're not going to go very far. Um, and so my ability, I think, to, to shoot it and look at the rim and, and draw defense in a little bit to kind of create some edges and make plays and get to the paint is a, a big aspect of my game. Um, and it helps players you're playing with because you, know, you have a guy on the floor that can make a deep shot but also get to the paint and draw defenses and make teams collapse. Um, that's when good things happen in offenses. Um, so having a player like that is pretty dangerous for a team. Um, and so that's a lot of the same things I'm looking to do at BYU, you know, be able to draw two defenders and make the right play and, and start an offense that's that's high-functioning as well as shooting and also playing off the dribble. Dawson Baker, BYU men's basketball transfer, is with us on BYU Sports Nation from UC Irvine. Now with two years of eligibility, will come to Provo and compete for Mark Pope and the Cougars. Jeremy and I were just talking about BYU needing a guy that wants the ball in his hands at the end of the shot clock and, frankly, the ball in his hands at the end of the game. So how do you feel about handling that scenario for this BYU team? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be anything new to me, um, just for a different team, I guess. You know, growing up in high school, you're always kind of that guy. And then and at UCI, I was kind of that guy where kind of had the ball in my hands and needed to make big shots. And there was a lot of times this season where I had three, four, or five go-ahead buckets to win a game. Um, so 
it's not anything new for me. Something that I'm not scared of. I don't. I don't think I've, I'd be too fearful to have in that moment. It kind of excites me. It's the reason why you play. What did BYU tell you about your potential role and how you fit into this group next year? Yeah, um, they mentioned kind of my my veteran leadership uh, as being an aspect for this team. Um, this team's fairly young compared to how many I've, I've played three years and won a lot of games, scored a lot of points, and he saw that as a big benefit for me um, going into this situation where I can come in and, and be kind of a proven guy to help lead lead those around me and going to the Big 12 where you kind of need a guy that's has a little bit of some some wars and, and some battles under his belt where he can go in and be ready to fight and compete. And so I think they saw a lot of that in me. What is Mark Pope like as a recruiter, specifically in the transfer portal? And how was your interaction with him and the staff? It was great. I mean, Coach Pope's awesome. I mean, he's a very personable guy. You kind of really get to know him as a person. He spends a lot of quality time. He's really good at spending quality time with you and really just getting to know you. And and he, he's very good at just being interested in, in you as a person and also a basketball player. Um, and for me, it, we connected really quick off basketball. We love talking basketball. And it was something that kind of clicked naturally for us. And on my visit, we spent a lot of time together just in the car, talking and at his place and around the around campus. And so, you know, the and the rest of the staff was awesome. You know, they were super fascinated about my mission and super fascinated just about me as a person and the connections between me and BYU. And they were they were all so hyped about me coming there and being a part of this team. Uh, we know, but tell the audience where you went on a mission and what that was like, because it's one of the more unique ones. Yeah, yeah. So I went on a mission in Micronesia, Guam, um, and that consists of uh, seven or eight different islands, three different time zones. And <laughs> the place that I stayed was called the uh, Chuk Lagoon. Um, and so it's a pretty primitive area, no running water, no electricity. And so on you know, small little islands, that island was about 200 people on it. And so it's it's small and it's it was a blast. It was so much fun. I, I, I miss it. And it was a great experience for me. Dawson, it was a clear, unfair advantage for you to go there and develop your basketball game, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a boost. In that <laughs> it's a boost in life, but in sports, it's just tough, right? Spencer went to South Korea. I went to Brazil. Yeah, we, we didn't have an island of just 200 homies, no running water. But uh, we had it easy. Um, what role did the Big 12 play in this decision? Like, if BYU is still in the WCC, are they an equally good draw for you? Yeah, being in the Big 12, it was enticing for me, you know? I kind of mentioned earlier in a quote, um, I've kind of been groomed for a situation like this my whole career. Um, and for me, it was it's enticing to go to a place where it's like, you know, why not give it your all and go to the best conference and, and see what happens, you know? Um, I'm the kind of person I am. You know, I always told people when they ask me, why do you play basketball? I tell them, you know, to see how good I can become and how far it can take me. And this is a perfect opportunity to really, to really see that. Um, and so for me, it was a, it was a, it was a big enticing deal for me to kind of go in the Big 12. It was, it was a, it'd be a fun challenge. I'm excited a lot about it. Dawson Baker, BYU men's basketball transfer is on BYU Sports Nation. I know it's early, and you did spend some time here, and your recruitment maybe got to know the guys a little bit. But how would you define your relationships with current members of the team as currently constituted? Yeah, no, I had uh, plenty of guys reach out just in this whole process. Um, and there's a lot of guys you kind of make good connections with, serving missions and having that kind of background with the church. Um, and so it's pretty easy to connect with a lot of those guys on that team there. And um, 
yeah, a lot of them reached out. We're, we're thrilled about having me kind of come and join the squad, and and they're all really excited to be in the Big Twelve. They're all great dudes, and and excited for this challenge and to go in with guns blazing and ready to make something happen. Trevor Nell and Spencer Johnson were probably like, "Hey, we're also like twenty-three-year-old, uh, you know, juniors. Uh, so join the <laughs> right. club. Like this is this is a place <laughs> where you are uh, familiar and welcome, right? Um, right. Any any good nicknames with the last name Baker? Ah, oh, man. Um. D. Bake was one that kind of stuck in high school, um, but I'll leave that up for Cougar Nation to kind of decide on something that's that's fitting for me and BYU and, and the last name Baker. Just more puns for cheesy broadcasters like us, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. sure. <laughs> I just I'm excited for you to score 13 points every game so that we can Baker's say Baker's does it. It's great. Dawson, it's great to talk to you, man. Uh, we're thrilled that you're a part of BYU basketball. When do you get to campus? I still got some school left here, about uh, six or seven weeks. Um, and so hopefully around June, I can kind of get up there and, and get a place settled and, and ready to move forward. All right, we look forward to it. Uh, when you come on the show, you get BYU Sports Nation karma. So we're going to send it to you to finish out school strong, finals and whatnot. Good luck the final six or seven weeks. We'll see you on campus uh, in a little more than a month. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You got it. Dawson Baker, recent transfer for BYU men's basketball, leading scorer. Brother Baker. For UC Irvine, brother Baker. 15.3 a game, uh, and he's the Big 12 freshman of the year in 2021. Second team, all Big West performer last year. This is a critical addition for BYU. He's not just a good fit because he's a return missionary. He's got to have game, obviously. But he has game, and he just happens to be a return missionary. Does that make sense? It's a great fit, and I'm very excited about Dawson because he is a guy who has a skill set that I think is lacking a little bit on the team, which is the finisher at the rim and, and the finish uh, at the end of the shot clock. Downhall started to become one of those guys, um, but like ball-in-your-hand guy that wants it and is driving and looking to get to the free throw line or finish at the rim, I think he excels in that more than anyone currently on the roster. Granted, there are guys who will develop that. Yeah. Dallin Hall, the, the best of them, I think. But I'm excited to add that skill set to yes. this group. That is something that was probably missing. Jerem, he's a guy that hit four or five in his words, go-ahead buckets to win games in critical scenarios. This is what BYU needs. This is the way. <laughs> they need Last a critical shot like, maker. True freshman off a of mission, Dallin Hall, save us against Missouri and State. He, and and to his credit, he did twice. He did. He didn't. There were a couple games where BYU didn't finish at the end. Was, now, was now he's got a teammate that wants the Gonzaga ball. Against Gonzaga at home, throw the ball to Dawson Baker. You win that game. Yes. If you miss any interviews, Deep Blue shows, games, you can find them on BYUSN.com or the free BYU TV app. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. What a day to be a Coug. Cody Epson back. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's give multiple. Let's go to uh, Cody Epps. Yeah, Cody Epps for coming back. We said it earlier in the program, if you missed it, just a tremendous ambassador for this university. Um, great Amazing. to have him back. He's a really good player. He's a really good person. Would have rooted for him wherever he went, but glad that he's going to stay in pro. Yes, and we mean that genuinely. Yeah. Like, I had moved on emotionally where I was like, I love Cody. I'm super sad he's not going to be at BYU, but I will support him 
and root for him wherever he goes. Yeah, he's a good dude. I, I, he's going to have a, a great, successful life wherever yes. he goes, whatever he does. Empty's back at BYU. Yeah. And we also need to give a shout-out to BYU women's rugby again. Yeah, so they beat Stanford in the uh, D1A playoffs to win the West. They're going to the national championship game. Virginia beats Florida. Virginia opts not to go to the national championship game. Yes. Um, so BYU is being sent the trophy as the national champs. Congrats to the women's rugby team for the national title. So in rugby, the men go to the semifinal, play at Cal, uh, lose that one, but a great season. Then the women win the Western Conference in D1A playoffs and are essentially the national champions. So a great year in rugby at BYU. And you mentioned great... that you, the women are trying to jump up another level yes. as well. So D1 Elite is the next level, and uh, the hope uh, is that they will go to the next level next awesome. year. Jared Whippy, former BYU player, former local player with the Utah Warriors, he is the head coach first year, did a nice job uh, leading that team after Tom Waka did a tremendous job for a long time. Well, and again, this BYU rugby is in a different place. You can't recruit anybody. You can't go out like, like they, they used to they be They used to, to be able to sort of offer financial aid in different no. ways, right? But now they can't. So it's whoever's here. And uh, given the rugby history, not only at the school, but in this state and in this community with Highland and United and Harriman now winning national championship recently, it's great to have uh, great rugby in these parts. Yeah, fantastic yeah. stuff. Wow, what a show. Uh, reminder to send in your tweets uh, in regard to Cody. You have hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram throughout the day. What a wild last 24 hours. And, again, we didn't even touch basketball. We didn't even talk about the assistant coaches who all tweeted out They're excited about Cougar, something, too. So, which, which would lead us to believe they signed somebody that they're very excited about. Are about to sign somebody. Um, it was everybody. It was Nick Robinson. It was Cahill Fennell and Cody Figer and Bobby Hordusky. Everybody but Mark Pope tweeted out some form of like celebration or cougar growl yesterday. Hey, it's, it's exciting right now. Obviously, players can leave, but how about Lauren Gustin and Cody Epps I love it. entering and returning in the last, what, week? I mean, that's been crazy, man. Wow. So you're telling me there's a chance. And there was! Two of the best on campus to stand here. Let's go. Our thanks to today's guest. Bronson Kafusi. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. We've got a lot to look at when it comes to what's going on in the socials. More on that coming up uh, on today's show. How do we interpret Keaton Slovis's tweet last night? <laughs> Elder! <laughs> Like, what does that mean? We have some ideas. We'll tell you. Which side of the football has benefited most from the portal? Bronson Kafusi helps break it all down. And why flex seal and oversized portions of barbecue are in the whip. But first, a bit of news. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Just in, BYU wide receiver Cody Epps has announced that he will return to BYU. Yeah. Entered into the transfer nice. portal. Nice. Now he's back. The sophomore receiver just making that announcement literally moments ago on social media. He shocked us on Sunday night saying that he was exploring other options. We felt Had like he was portal. gone. Yep. yep. I, I was told he was basically gone. Now he's back. Here is the message from Cody. And I quote, Cougar Nation, I want you to know that BYU is the place that I love and where I want to be. This is all caps, by the way. It was a tough decision in the first place to enter the portal because I love BYU. 
even though some great opportunities were presented to me in the portal, I did not use the portal as a way to leverage or test waters because I have too much respect for the generational connection I built here and Coach Kalani's belief in me. He continues, if anything, I have come to understand through all this that there was no point in trying to find a new home when what I needed and wanted was already here where I am. Mm. Cougar Nation, my teammates and coaches are who I love and who I want to play for. Plus, I have too many teammates' weddings that I couldn't miss this <laughs> summer. I'm here to stay. Now let's go show the Big 12 what them scoogs be about. Okay. I, I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked. Let, let's break that down more in trending uh, coming up after today's headlines. Wow. Well, uh, the, the headline is Cody Evans, but yeah. as far in as, as in other news, BYU baseball, they lose to UC San Diego 3 to nothing. The Batcats fall to 18 and 24 on the season after being held scoreless for the first time all season. That's a good offense. Up next, West Coast Conference play continues. Massive series impacting the Cougars' WCC postseason chances. BYU will face San Diego and California. First pitch at 9 Eastern, game one of three. Women's soccer is in Austria. Beat FK Austria, Vien Fraunen 3-1 with goals from Ali Fryer and Brecken Mozingo and an own goal. The Cougars are playing as we speak in Salzburg against FC Bergheim Dahmen, and uh, the Cougars uh, had already scored a couple of goals. We'll uh, give you the update a bit later. BYU men's track and field slash cross country signs Tyler Sainsbury, the distance runner, comes to BYU from Rocky Mountain High School in Meridian, Idaho. Sainsbury has won several major individual titles as a prep runner, including the mile at the Nike Jesuit Twilight Relays. Check that soccer playing at the top of the hour after the show. Oh, all right. More on tomorrow. Uh, Michael Rucker pitched uh, two-thirds of an inning for the Cubs last night, getting two ground outs and a loss to the Nationals in Bryce Harper's debut. And congratulations to BYU Women's Rugby, who have won the club national championship in a very unique fashion. They beat Stanford to win the West. Then after Virginia beat Florida, the Cavaliers opted not to travel and play in the national title game due to budgetary concerns. So the Cougars will take the trophy. It's being sent to them. Congrats to first year head coach Jared Whippy and all of those outstanding women. Yeah, kind of a weird situation there. BYU didn't know that was essentially for the national championship. Uh, certainly wished uh, Virginia was going to travel or Florida who lost, maybe would sub in. They apparently didn't travel either. So BYU wins the national championship. There you go. Right. BYU's in the second level of women's rugby. They're hoping to go to that top level next year. Okay. This should help, right? <laughs> yeah, BYU's we, ready we for hope. it. We hope. BYU's ready for yeah. it. Yeah. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. He never left. He never left. But he started a social media storm yes, that his quarterback, Keaton Slow, was added to. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. Well, and what we had planned is blown up. We just react to Cody Epson yes. because that's the bigness. Jerem, it's an epic return. Nice anchor boy. <laughs> 
Sorry. I apologize. Yeah, apologize. To absolutely no one. To absolutely no one. <laughs> Cody Epps is back. Hey, that's, this is great news. This is wow. great news. Um, certainly did not expect this a couple of days ago. Uh, Sunday night and Monday, did not expect it. There was a social media storm. I, I will be interested whenever we get to talk to him about sort of how he was influenced by that. Like, what went into the decision to not actually leave? He entered the portal. You can always stay. Um, Lauren Gustin, is that you? Like, we just had this uh, with Lauren Gustin as well. Um, and uh, it's, it's great. Cody Epps is a really good receiver. This one hurt. When he entered yeah. the portal, it's like, oh. Cody had a really nice start to, like, when he finally was involved in the offense, he was a big piece. 39 catches, 459 yards, six touchdowns. As I highlighted the last couple of days and during the season, the dude went off against Notre Dame and Arkansas. I would argue those were two of the top three toughest opponents on the schedule with Oregon where, okay, you got to show up in this game, and he was fantastic. He went for 100-plus in those games. He scored three touchdowns total. He was juking guys against Notre Dame right here, okay, uh, his touchdown, the goal line is as, well, as well, was amazing. The arrow route. His upside is so good. Like, he could be um, a draft pick from BYU in the next year or two. Like, he has massive potential. I still don't know how BYU got him out of high school, uh, playing with Bryce Young on this amazing <laughs> Matter Day team. Like, so awesome that he is coming back because now BYU can continue to add around the big three at receiver. Yes. Certainly got a commitment yesterday. As soon as that's official, we can mention, uh, you know, his name. Um, but BYU added yesterday. I hope they add a couple more. Aaron Roderick said they have several scholarships available yeah. yes. uh, after spring ball. So we'll see how many they use there. But this is fantastic news. So obviously Keaton Slovis' tweet last night of Elder <laughs> is because he is probably told by he's coming, Cody, he's coming, he's back. coming back. He's coming back. And he's back. excited. That's a nickname that he has for Cody. Neither Keaton nor Cody are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but they understand the culture and the verbiage. and Yeah, that. for so, sure. Yeah, they get along. This is a playoff of Cody's tweet on March 2nd, which said he was called to serve in the Provo, Utah, Lavelle Edwards Stadium mission beginning on September 2nd. Many are called, but few are chosen, Spence. Holy he, cow. He's one of the chosen ones that received. What a wild 24 hours. BYU Twitter in general was out of control yesterday. Keaton Slovis was the initial lightning strike in the dry field of hay that lit the fire. But then BYU basketball coaches are tweeting out all types of like cougar growls. And it just was, it was crazy. But when that elder tweet surfaced, my initial reaction was, I think he's calling out for Cody. Like, where are you? And it happened to be, we think now, hey, you're back. He's coming back. That was, that was a hint. I, I got really excited as soon as I saw that tweet. In fact, um, I, I was at a cool event with the Manuia Foundation who helps basically Polynesian kids with admissions and financial aids, uh, aid to college. And one of the like grandparents there was like, hey, did you see Keaton Slopes' tweet? And like wanted to talk about it. I was like, I did, I did. He's like, what do you think it means? I'm like, maybe Cody Epps coming back, uh, which would be really exciting. It's like he never left. Um, but he certainly had massive opportunity um, to go yeah. to SEC yes. schools. Yes. to U You'd think like USC, Tennessee, LSU, or uh, you know, Ole Miss, and, and so on and so forth were some of the big names coming after him. This is a big get for BYU to keep him. Remember... The commitment between a school and a player really is year to year at this point because you can transfer without penalty and not sit out and play and NIL dot, dot, dot. The fact that BYU could keep Cody is significant. So riddle me this. I know you know more info than I do on, on this from yesterday. 
what from what you've learned, was money a factor? Did BYU re-up and pay him a ton to keep him? Okay, well, first of all... The Royal Blue Collective, that's, specifically. That's, that's a loaded question for sure. And I like that he pointed out in his message, I did not use the portal as a way to leverage in any way. He could have, and it would have been understandable. Okay, so it is my understanding that Cody Epps is coming back to BYU having not leveraged anything and gotten more money Zero out of the Royal dollars. Blue Collective. He was already given, what we were told, a nice deal. Yes, a I would... Nice NIL deal. So I was told a couple days ago that to keep him this year, there was some re-upping. Yes. Okay, and then they felt like they were good. But that was not leveraged to keep him in this situation. No, he is not getting additional because of his decision to go into the portal and saying, okay, well, now I need a little bit more. Yeah. That was never part of it. And people say, well, Lauren Gustin did that. Why didn't Cody Epps do that? Two, Two totally different situations. Lauren has her degree, Jerem. Yes, she's a grad transfer. Also, let's let's be honest. The the sort of uh, unfortunately, this is the case, but it's straight up. The investment in certain sports and and whatnot is different with financial values. We'd love to act like everyone's getting the same amount of money for every sport, but that's not the case. But Lauren Gustin, you could argue, is the face of women's sports at BYU. She's a big deal. Absolutely, and she's a big deal. Given her situation, like I feel. I, it, it's, it hurt when we heard that Lauren Gustin wanted to go somewhere else potentially. Oh, yeah. But I understood. She's been at BYU for more than three years. She's done great work here. She got her degree. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of players take that final year and they want to do something different. Yeah. And she was going to get paid elsewhere. Well, that's when the Royal Blue Collective showed up and was like, no, 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 we, we want you here for your final year as BYU goes into the Big 12. And they are doing... As much as they possibly can yes. right now. Like, yes. like, shout out to Royal Blue Connecti- uh, uh, Collective, shout out to Koo Connect, shout out to all the collectives who are trying to help these players in this space. Is it the kind of money that you've seen thrown out there? It is not at that level, right? Mm-hmm. But BYU is a special place, and there are reasons to be at BYU that have nothing to do with dollar signs and then everything to do with your life while you're a student here and and after and this place connects you um in a way that not many other places do yes and set you up and create a community yeah ask a lot of BYU players who have come to BYU and it's like this isn't just a place where you go to school like yeah. this is a place where you can call home for the rest of your, your life and and I think Cody Epps senses and he's told us as much out loud us being the public what this place is and what it means and why he likes it and it's cool to see that he's going to stay. He certainly could have gone elsewhere and been happy and had a great football career, but it's awesome that Cody Epps is going to yes. stay here because he is a special receiver. Something else to bring up here. I think Cody Epps certainly felt welcomed at BYU, clearly from his statement. Yes. But I don't think he understood what he meant to the BYU fan base until he went into the port, like truly meant to this fan base. The reaction showed you a lot. That absolutely played a factor in some of this like seeing just it blow up like oh no 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 this can't be right this can't and i know people were upset but as we pointed out yesterday they're upset because cody epps is awesome because they like him he's a great person and he's a great football player and they want him at byu he's a great ambassador for byu Uh, yes and let's outline those reasons uh which are obvious listen he is a a black athlete who's not a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints who loves byu that's fantastic. We would love to continue to evolve in BYU's um, you know, diversity of not only religion, uh, but of race. And it's been great 
to have different kinds of people from all walks of life come together for a common cause, which happens to be sports and academics. So this is great. I think Cody Epps is a tremendous ambassador for what BYU can become. Traditionally, it's been one thing that is changing. Can we just rewind to how we all felt on Sunday night? <laughs> we thought, oh my gosh, Cody Epps is in the portal. BYU now needs a wealth of help in the wide receiver room. And BYU... Still do. Yes, they need some help there, but it feels, but a, lot, it feels a lot better. And there are other parts moving that we can't discuss yet because yes. certain... One commitment already plus others. People have not gone public through the university with it. It hasn't become official through BYU and through the sports information department. When it does, now BYU is going to have Epps back and somebody else who we think is going to make a nice impact for Fessy Sataki. So now maybe and it's just... And there may be others yeah. as well. One, one, now one more, maybe two more. Like, but the wide receiver I, room... I still want two more. Compared to Sunday, yeah. <laughs> how feeling now? It's plus... Worlds it's apart. It's plus two and sort of like proven dudes. Yes. It'll go from two to yes. four. Um, I would still like to walk in with five or six dudes in the uh, fall. All right, our question of the day, not surprisingly. What's your reaction to Cody Epps' decision to hop back out of the portal and stay at BYU? At Carson underscore Stemmons on Instagram says, wait, what? Yeah, I think that's how a lot of people are feeling. Joe Weed on Twitter says, it's always great when your favorite missionaries don't get transferred. <laughs> uh, Hype Train Podcast tweeted, Elder, and it's a picture of uh, Keaton and Cody in suits and <laughs> name tags. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Cody Epps staying at BYU. That's, uh, that's awesome. Wow. Okay, BYU softball is a doubleheader Friday against Pacific starting at 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. If you like home runs, come check out the Cougs. Also on the way, there's no better combination than BYU football and the name of Kafusi. Former NFL and BYU defensive lineman Bronson Kafusi in studio to discuss Cody Epps and the transfer portal era in college football. This is BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Next on BYUSN, the transfer portal generous again. BYU men's basketball adds their new point guard. Meet him on the show today. And what does BYU starting five look like right now? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us, and happy May the 4th be with you. <laughs> Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Tate rolled down, came downstairs, and he had a Star Wars shirt on. I was like, oh, good. Mom got you in a Star Wars shirt. Nope, it was just random. And I was like, hey, that's good, because today's May the 4th, which is a big deal uh, to the Star Wars fans. So let's go. Are your power rankings still clearly Empire Strikes Back at number one? Yes. Then Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jerem Jordan's full power rankings yep. available potentially later on social media. And then the rise of Skywalker is the worst. <laughs> so there you go. On today's show, new basketball transfer quest uh, Glover on why he chose the Cougs. We'll talk to him uh, coming up as well, how he fits in. What's the potential starting look, lineup look like right now? What's the latest Big 12 innovation idea? And Emma Johnson and Jaslyn Gardner 
Join us from the record-breaking 4 by 100 yeah, team. Yes. Broke the record over the weekend. They'll talk about that. They are the speedsters at BYU. I but love first, it. here are today's headlines. Beginning with Quez Glover, point guard. Now for BYU men's basketball. Hey. Transfer from Samford University. And before that, he spent time at the University of Florida. He's a two-time All-SoCon player in his two years with Sanford. He averaged 17.4 points per game, shot 48% from the field in his career at Sanford. One year of eligibility remaining. He chooses to be in Provo and the Big 12 for that final year. Baseball starts three-game series at San Diego tonight. Listen to Game 1 at 9 Eastern on the BYU Radio app. Terrell's tied for second, BYU in seventh, seeking a top six spot to make the West Coast Conference Tournament. Number 43, BYU men's golf, because, you know, they rank the top 50. So that's a thing. They're selected to play in the Morgan Hill NCAA Regional. They will play at the Institute Golf Club south of San Jose, California. Tournament begins May 15th. They've won two tournaments in a row, including the West Coast Conference Championships. If they can keep it rolling, they'll get to the championships. ESPN's Todd McShay has BYU offensive lineman Kingsley Suamataia going 28th overall to the Bengals in his way too early 2024 NFL draft. BYU won seven events yesterday in a dual meet between Cougar Track and Field and Westminster. Rebecca Ross. In the pole vault, now number four all-time at BYU after her most recent clearance. Kate Phipps won in the 200 meters. Spencer Carlisle in the 400 meters. Chase Clement is your javelin champion yesterday. Dallin Schertz won in the discus and Omar Abaros won the 100 and 200 meters. Women's soccer beat FC Bergheim Damen 2-1 in Austria thanks to goals from Ruby Kladik and Ali Fryer. Cougars will visit Slovenia before playing two matches next week in Croatia. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Yeah, you know I'm a beast. You know I'm a beast. Everybody eat, hey. You know I'm a beast. You know I'm a beast. Welcome to the feast. My whole team off the leash. We don't know the feast. Everybody eat, hey. You know I'm a beast. I can sense the force within BYU basketball, and it is good. The Cougars have now I've got added a bad feeling about this, said no one. <laughs> three key transfers with the most recent addition, point guard Quest Glover coming from Samford. Before that, as I mentioned, he was at Florida. He joins Dawson Baker and Ali Khalifa. So again, as far as Glover goes, clearly he is the point guard depth that BYU was looking for. Average 14.7 points per game in two years at Samford. Shot 48% from the floor. He's a good free throw shooter again, like Dawson Baker, Jerem. How does Quest Glover fit in the BYU basketball roster, pushing forward to a new and significant challenge in the Big 12? Yeah, another Rudy Williams type, right? Um, a guy that comes in for one year who can immediately be an impact player. That probably is in the starting lineup if it's not. Uh, it's an impact uh, backup point guard, Dallin Hall. We'll see. He very well could start as well, which we'll address in a second. Very quick and skilled off the dribble. As you mentioned, started at Florida, then to Samford. BYU reportedly beat out Ole Miss, LSU, Notre Dame, Florida, and Mississippi State to get him. That is awesome. Uh, some great notes uh, to Robbie, uh, from Robbie McCombs and Vanquish the Foe, which I'll pull from here quite a bit. 
Six foot tall. As a junior, two years ago, 19 points a game. One of the nice. best SoCon players. First team all SoCon, 4.4 assists, 47% shooting as a junior. Then a senior, he partially tore his meniscus, missed two months. Not a great three-point shooter. Doesn't shoot a ton of them, but did go from 31 to 38% the last two years, which is nice. His turnover rate last year, 15.9%. That would have been number one on BYU's team. So wow. I like his ability to take care of the basketball. Interesting. 24-7 sports gives him an 88 rating, three-star, top 150 guy in the portal. By the way, Ali Khalifa in that same rating, a four-star and top 100 guy in the portal. So I think he is a tremendous fit. BYU needed another point guard with Dallin Hall. I like those two and whatever combination you throw out there. Typically, a senior transfer you bring in, typically that guy is coming in to start. But Dallin Hall certainly is a more than capable starter should BYU go that direction, which he showed most of last season. We saw Rudy Williams come off the bench behind Dallin Hall. Yes, so that very well could happen. Who knows? I don't really care at this point. Let's, uh, they, they can duke it out and figure out who's the starter. But uh, who the finisher is is probably more important, right? But uh, a guy who's played in the SEC, like Rudy Williams, started in the Big 12, and his journey kind of led him back to uh, BYU. And in this case, this is a power six basketball team coming up in the fall. So this is, this is great. This is a guy who can initiate a lot of offense. Certainly, he'll have some three-point opportunities with guys getting to the basket and opening up other shooters. But also, he's going to open up the Nels and the Bakers and the Johnsons and the Robinsons for threes this year as well. I'm glad that you brought up his ability to take care of the basketball because if you just look at the stats, last year specifically, his assist-to-turnover ratio was not great. But, again, injury played into that. But it's more than just, you know, well, he didn't, his numbers weren't as high as they were in the assist category. He still takes relatively good care of the basketball. And that's somewhere BYU really struggled last year, mm -hmm. especially at the point guard position. Just too many turnovers. Um, and that's not, you know, trying to call out Dallin Hall or Rudy Williams that – we, well, they made a switch because yeah, of that yes, issue. Yes, it, yeah. it just was it was a starter. deal, right? It was a deal. So I love that he can take care of the basketball. Would love to see that assist ratio get a little bit better to the turnovers, and I think that will help with what you just talked about, open three-point shooters, really bunch good of guys that can knock it down. Yep. Trevin Nell helping out in that regard. Dawson Baker, for sure. Spencer Johnson is the best three-point shooter BYU has. <sighs> Absolutely. He was there's, awesome. There's no argument against that right mm -hmm. now. He was unbelievable and hit clutch shots in some big games. I think the thing I like most about Quez Glover goes along with what Dawson Baker brings, and that is a guy, another guy, Jerem, that wants the ball in his hands in clutch moments. Yes. And a guy that can create contact at the hoop and make a lot of free throws. Dawson Baker and Quest Glover both have the ability and they want the ball in their hands in clutch moments to take and make that big shot. BYU didn't have that guy last year. Now I feel like they have two guys that well, want to do that. Well, and Dallin Hall is going, well, I hit a couple of shots here and now I'm a sophomore. So there's multiple dudes that I think want the ball in their hand and at the end of the shot clock and like you mentioned, at the end of a game. This, this is a, a veteran addition, and uh, it's awesome. BYU's very veteran. I'll get into that in a sec, but I really like the fit. I really like a guy who has something to prove, um, who started. Again, I, the greatest example of this ever is Alex Barcelo. Barely plays at Arizona. Quiz Glover didn't play a ton at Florida. Yeah, limited minutes. He goes to Sanford, right? In AB's uh, case, he comes to BYU and is a star, one of the greatest shooters BYU's ever had. Uh, Jay Billis called him the best shooter in college basketball. Like, Quez Glover and Dawson Baker and Ali Khalifa have a chance to enter the Big 12 and play in some of the biggest games in the country. 
against great competition on national TV in front of 19,000 fans at home. It's, it's an awesome opportunity for them and for BYU to connect. Now BYU, again, is dealing with a bunch of veteran experience, and they're going to have to figure out who's going to take which minutes. And now who's going to start has become an increasingly interesting conversation. Because, Topic two, let's yes, go there. Yes, you what's just the, got so many guys. What's the starting five right now to you? Well, for me, because... And this is guaranteed to be right, said no one. <laughs> Quest Glover... <laughs> it's May 4th. Quez Glover is coming to start. Yeah. This is his final year. Like, I think yeah. he's proven that he is sure. a guy that can start at the point guard position. So, yeah, he's been Yeah, I won't be shocked guard. if Dallin's a starter. Dallin could it's start either, a few games. It's either or for it, me there. Taking nothing away from Dallin. I just like that there's depth there. Okay? Uh, I'm not... Mo- Dallin is an excellent backup if he is the backup. I'm not Quez so much Glover concerned is an excellent backup about, he is oh, well, he started. Rudy Williams still played starter minutes. Yeah. It just Who worked. finishes? It just started out uh, that, or it, it turned out that he wasn't great in the beginning of games yeah. for a number of games And in that row. fluctuates based on production and injuries yeah. and up to. So Quez Glover is my starting point guard. I think Spencer Johnson has earned the right to be in the starting five with his consistent play. He's the best three-point shooter on BYU's team. He stays there. On-ball defender yeah. is really, really good in that regard. I wish he shot a higher percentage from three, said no one. 46% is amazing. Jackson Robinson, I feel like, is maybe the guy with the highest ceiling remaining Amen. at BYU. He's too long. He's too potentially amazing to not start. We have seen flashes of absolute brilliance from him at times when he cannot miss a shot. He's working through some of those things. I think he's going to be better. There will be a natural progression there. Huge potential, super high ceiling for Jackson Robinson. He'll join Fus Treore and then Ali Khalifa. Those two will make up the post. I feel like that I will like be that BYU's group. starting five. It would be my starting five as of May the 4th. We'll see how Dallin Hall sure. and Dawson Baker. Maybe Dawson Baker comes in and he's like, oh, I was the big, big West freshman of the year and I'm awesome and I can score a bunch. And maybe he's incredible through all of the fall practices, yeah. and they're like, we can't keep him on the floor. Maybe Dawson Baker takes a spot from Spencer Johnson or Jackson Spencer Robinson. Johnson has played most of his uh, BYU life until kind of last year off the bench, right? Yes. And he was a super sub. He was great that way. So who knows what that looks like? Yeah, I've got Dallin Hall's. I've got the same five. So backups, Dallin Hall, uh, Dawson Baker, yep. Trevin Nell, TBD at the four. BYU doesn't have a backup four. Noah Waterman. Stop telling me it's Noah Waterman. He's not a big. Treat him like he's 6'8", okay? Um, he's a wing. He's and more then, of a three. He's a, he's, he's a three and a half. Um, yeah. Atiki, Ali Atiki as the backup five. And then somewhere, Trey Stewart, Rich Saunders, Tanner Toulson, Noah Waterman, and Jake Wallin got to fit in. Okay? Trading Christensen for that matter. Well, I'm just talking scholarship players. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, because trading kind of get, gets pushed out a little bit here with this group. Trading's probably your backup four, but you're always in the Big 12 now. Like, you got to get a properly scholarshiped backup four, I think. Trading, I like trading a lot, but... Let's go to the next level here. 11 of the 14 are backcourt players. 10 of the 14 are upperclassmen. And also 14 is an issue. You're one over. Mm. Someone getting off Scully. Also, uh, BYU is still hunting for guys. Yes. So Actively. There's, there's yeah. going to be a guy or two that aren't on scholarship that are uh, going to get replaced potentially by someone who is. We'll see. So I like the veteranness of that. Ten of the 14 are juniors or seniors. BYU got old suddenly. Not only with the young group they had the last year or two, but also what they've added mm. with, with the three transfers in Quest Glover and Dawson Baker and Ali Khalifa. That experience, that time, the time is now, the, the wide eyes think, nope, 
Um, granted, for some of these guys, it's going to be like, oh, now you're in the Big 12. Like, you know, Quest Glover, he's played in the SEC. Uh, not going to be like, oh, my gosh, what is this? Dawson Baker, big deal, you know, going from the Big West up to the Big 12. And Ali Khalifa uh, at Charlotte. This is, this is a jump up, but they wanted this jump up. I do love that BYU is older. There are a lot of backcourt dudes. I would guess that if someone's off Scully, it's going to be one of those dudes from the backcourt. You're not pulling Foose, Ali, or Atiki's Scully's, right? You only have three post players. I'd like BYU to have probably five, at least four. Because if you have one injury, like, look what happened two years ago when Richard it Harwood derailed and Gavin Baxter was down. NCAA tournament status. They were number 12 in the country. Yes. Everything changed. Yes, everything changed. Number two, BYU getting to 12 is not a good thing, by the way. That's happened the last. That what happened with football last year and basketball two years ago. <laughs> Got to get a little higher than that, or just not that high. Hopefully, don't get hurt. <laughs> don't um, get to number twelve. I like this group, though. I still think for us to feel confident that they're really in the hunt for an NCAA tournament bid, they need probably one more piece. Mm. One more. And you piece. obviously think that piece is in the front court. Well, could be another backcourt guy. I don't know. It depends how experienced does BYU want to be, because they're pretty experienced right now. L- listen, Glover, Johnson, Robinson. Hall, although it was one year, Baker, Nell, like that's a good group of six backcourt players yeah. that we I feel pretty good about. I think you do too. There's some younger guys that don't have as much sort of room to come along yeah. in that. Yeah. In a uh, Tanner Toulson and Richie Saunders and Trey Stewart sort of, like Richie right now is going to battle for some backup minutes with some other guys. BYU goes in way more experienced, and I think they've added to the talent level that they had from last year. All right, Mark Pope's cooking in the transfer portal. That is for sure. Yep. There is a way to at least partially overcome the scholarship crunch, and it's name, image, likeness, baby. If you can get a guy like, let's say, Jake Walleen, and I am, this has no merit or, like, I'm, I'm not basing it off of any, like, firm knowledge. Yeah. I'm just giving an example. You could take a guy like Jake Walleen and say, you're off your mission. Red shirt, get better, learn the offense, learn behind all this experience, and we, while we have to take you off scholarship, we will compensate you for what it costs to go to school and take care of things with as name, image, likeness. As if you, yes, this is the built bar scenario for all the walk-ons of BYU football. Mm-hmm. BYU basketball has the capability of doing this, and it's probably easier because there are way fewer players of stocking the uh, a dude. Yes, yeah, maybe two. two. If you got to take yeah. two scholarships away, say, don't worry. Like, we want you here. We're super veteran, you know, doubling down on the point that you just made. Yeah. A lot of these guys are going to leave next it's year. It's going to be hard for you to get some playing time this year. Yes. Yeah. But just stay with us, learn, grow, practice hard, make these guys better, and we will compensate you with name, image, likeness. That's interesting. Would, yeah, would someone go for that is the question. I hope so. Because there's uh, three dudes who are done after this yes. year. Yes. Yeah. It's Glover, Waterman, and Johnson. Baker and Nell are seniors with two years of eligibility. So everything's year to year, of course, but the they are done for sure, guys, are those three. So there you go. All right. I'm excited about this team. I still think another piece or two to get us to where we're like, okay, could they could Give really make the answer. I know BYU is yeah. looking at yes. a very capable they're, wing they're right better. now. Yeah. Again, yep. we can't get into specifics or details, but if I know If you pay me enough, I'll tell you. They're actively pursuing a wing from a high-level program <laughs> And they're still looking at another big yeah. as well. All right, our question yeah. of the Makes day. Makes sense. Makes sense. Has nothing to do with BYU basketball. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. 
<laughs> Transition. <laughs> Has nothing to do with POA basketball. And strictly May the 4th. We're going all in on this Star Wars fun. Yeah. We want you to use your creative genes. Oh, by the will. way, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming out tonight. Let's all go. Right. All right. Which Star Wars character is the closest match to your favorite <laughs> BYU athlete? <laughs> this could be doppelgangers, personalities, yeah. a little of both, I'm whatever. To hear these. Go wherever you want with this yep, question. Yep. At 26, Simo on Twitter says, Max Hall as Han Solo. Mm -hmm. He's brash and cocky with the willingness to shoot first. Dennis Pitta makes one first down. He's like, don't get cocky. LJ Pearson on Twitter. Gregor Bellic will see 3 po Polite, articulate, knows all the stats. Human-cyborg relations. I love it. Jody Goins on Instagram. It. Lauren Gustin is Ray Tough. Ooh, Ooh I yeah. like that one yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's nicely done. That's great. Okay. <laughs> what were we talking about the line from Han Solo the other day? Oh, where, where, where they they bust in in episode four <laughs> with Chewie to go get Leia, yes. and they're like, "What's going on up there?" And Who like, is uh, this? Uh, negative, negative. Uh, we've got a reactor leak. Uh, everything's fine here. Uh, how are you? That conversation. Like, What's your number? <laughs> Boring conversation. Anyways, Chewie, we're gonna have company. I love that. I scene. love Harrison. I Ford. love that scene. And, yes, amazing. All right. Okay. Oh, we're still on the air. Crazy. I love uh, it. BYU Baseball begins an important West Coast Conference series tonight against San Diego. 9 Eastern time on BYU Radio's app. Let's go. Jeremy, we're going to have company. And it's Quez Glover. He joins us next. Meet the newest member of the BYU basketball team, point guard, super talented. Why did he pick BYU for his final year? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear are what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play -play. alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We told you before the break, and now it's time to deliver. The newest member of the BYU basketball team, Quez Glover, Let's is go. making his BYUSN debut. Quez, welcome to BYU Sports Nation and BYU basketball. Man, thank you, thank you. How have the last, uh, let's say, 48 to 72 hours been for you in terms of a reception when it started to leak out that you're going to go to BYU, and, and how have the fans responded to your decision to come to Provo? Um, it's been pretty, pretty amazing. You know, I've been getting a lot of love from fans and, you know, just reaching out and telling me welcome and stuff like that. And it's been good. And I really appreciate the love and support that I've been getting. Quez, what was it about BYU that intrigued you initially? And then what kind of sealed the deal for you? Um, the coaching staff, when they started recruiting me, you know, I got in a portal pretty, pretty early. And then when they started to recruit me, it was kind of late in the in the process, but they they started recruiting me hard and probably the best I've been recruited in probably four years, you know, just consistently calling me and checking in on me and calling my dad, calling my mom and checking on my little sister and just building that relationship, which is really important to me, but just because relationships has been really my whole life just getting to know people and stuff like that. And I feel like the staff did a really good job. But what really signed the deal for me is just 
coming on my visit and meeting a few of the team teammates and players on the team, um, Trey and Foose. Um, it was good. We you know we went to Top Golf and <laughs> I kind of I won a few games. <laughs> I beat pretty bad in a few games too, but we're not going to talk about that after this. <laughs> um, and just hearing the positive things they had to say about the program and they really had nothing negative to say and that was really big and that's what I think really signed the deal for me is what Trey and Foose told me and how they felt about the program and the coaching staff and the atmosphere at BYU. Outstanding. Quez Glover is with us on BYU Sports Nation. What were your impressions of the geography of Provo, Utah, Top Golf? as you look at that mountain backdrop? What was that like? Uh, it was different. You know, um, me being in Gainesville, it's more of like a, you know, a city and different things. And in Birmingham, it's, it's just different in uh, Utah. You know, it's a good different, though, you know. Uh, seeing the mountains, you know, being from Tennessee, I've seen the Smoky Mountains before, but not as close as I was when I was in Utah. And I, I really like the scenery. When it comes to uh, BYU, uh, what did you know about the program, the school? What did you heard of? Uh, and what, what, are you, what have you not known about BYU? Uh, to be honest, when the coaches called my phone, it said, you know, BYU, and I was like, oh, Jimmer for that. That's the first thing. That <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I really did not know a lot about the program other than Jimmer for that. You know, any time I got the chance to watch him play on TV when I was younger, I made it happen. Me and my dad sat down and watched him play all the time. Quez Glover on BYU Sports Nation. How would you explain your skill set as a basketball player to somebody that has never watched you play? Um, energetic. Um, uh, I feel like I can score at all three levels. Um, I love to get to the mid range and I love to get guys open shots and helping guys play with confidence, you know, um, building guys up. I feel like that's really important and having, helping guys with their confidence, you know, just consistently giving them positive information and, you know, being there for them when they need someone. Obviously, you dealt with the meniscus tear last year that we talked about a minute ago, but as a junior, 19 a game, 4.4 assists, shot 47%. When you're at your best, what does that look like on the court? Um, pretty fun to watch, I feel like. Um, just my athleticism, um, my energy I play with my on both ends of the floor, uh, on the ball defense, you know, my speed. I feel like that's what really helps me is my speed because it helps me get to a lot of different spots on the court. I feel like guys cannot get to um, just because I'm I'm pretty much faster than a lot of guys I play against. Yeah, like there's some deer and fox vibes there uh, up and down the floor, which is fun. And then you, yeah. watching your film, you flexed on him quite a bit in the end ones. We gonna see that this year? Yeah, for sure. I gotta get back. <laughs> to I go today at like three o'clock. I'm gonna get back. To I gotta get a lot more stronger for the Big Twelve for sure. And let's stay with the Big Twelve theme. How much of a factor was that for you in enticing you to come to BYU, knowing that the Cougars are just entering the toughest basketball conference in America? Um, it played a little bit of a role, but I feel like the main thing was just you know the relationship that I have built with the team. Um, I know that the Big 12 is a really good league and that can help me and my teammates um, individually and as a team. You know, our main goal is to make it to the big dance and make a big run. Um, it's going to be tough in the Big 12, but with the guys we have coming in and the guys that we have on the, the team already, I feel very confident that, you know, we can make some make some noise in the Big 12. 
You don't shoot the three a ton, but you have steadily increased your percentage from 24 to 25 to 31 to 38 percent last year. What did it take to get to that point where you were high 30s from distance? Um, you know, a lot of work and, you know, a lot, a lot of work and just talking with my mom and dad, you know, I feel like in my earlier years at Florida, I didn't really shoot a lot of them. I shot like, you know, one or two a game at Florida. And then my my first year at Sanford, I probably went up to three. And it was just because, you know, I felt more confident in the mid-range game. And, you know, my whole life, it was just getting to the mid-range and shooting that with confidence. You know, it was just constant conversations with my parents and my trainers on just, like, believing in myself from shooting it from deeper and shooting more threes just because the game is changing. I feel like that can help me at my professional level as well. Um, but, you know, not getting down on myself if I miss one or two, you know, just staying confident and shooting two or three more, you know. I feel like that's what helped me this last year when I was at Sanford for my senior year um, is just not getting down on myself if I miss one or two, you know. You got to keep shooting with confidence. Now, Quez, you said that the game is changing, the dynamic. Uh, everybody wants to shoot the three, and a lot more threes are being thrown up. That said, you have a skill set that allows you to score at three different levels. So who are your basketball influences that have kind of shaped what you want to do and what you are doing as a basketball player? Um, my, my favorite player is Kyrie Irving. Um, but I've been watching a lot of Devin Booker just because he can, like, he has a good body control and he can get to a lot of different spots and using his body and shooting over guys. Um, I like Chris Paul a lot just because the way he can like manipulate the game and get guys shots and get to his spots when he wants to. And um, those are some guys that I love to watch. And I like watching um, the Gilchrist from um, OKC as yeah. well. Those are good ones. I, I like all mm -hmm. those. Um, who are you as a person? What do you like to do? What, kind of what have you overcome? What What's your family like? Um, me and my family are really tight. You know, we I probably talk to my mom and dad when I'm like off at school, probably three times a day. Each person, I call my dad on lunch break, and when my mom and dad are both off on lunch break, we FaceTime and have a group call, and we just talk every day. You know, just really close. But me as a person, I am I'm really big on relationships. I like to get to know people and, you know, build those relationships. And um, I'm, I like to go have fun, you know, hanging out with teammates, going to watch movies, stuff like that. Just just trying to get to know people and building relationships. Uh, obviously, family is incredibly important to the BYU community. And you mentioned you talked to your mom and dad three times a day. How did they take the news that as a Knoxville, Tennessee native, you're leaving the Southeast and you're coming to Utah for your final year? Um, they handled it pretty good. I think the main thing was my little sister. Uh, she asked a lot of questions like, when am I going to see you? Uh, or I'm going to be able to come spend a night with you and stuff like that. But my mom and dad, they're pretty, um, they weren't too mad about it or sad about it. They were excited for me to go see some new things. What are you looking forward to the most about this new adventure with BYU? Uh, just getting to know people and building those relationships. You know, it's different for me. I'm going out west, you know. I'm used to the, the south. Uh, and just, you know, getting to know people and building friendships, you know, to make my last year the best year. What's the starter kit we need to give you, Quez? We need to, it's a dry heat, um, <laughs> no lightning bugs. 
Um, okay. Yeah, the the mountains. You, you got to prepare to hike a little bit. Um, yeah, maybe a, maybe a big jacket uh, for the yeah, snow. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. need to bring all that stuff, man. For sure. <laughs> hey, you already got the golf down, so I mean, you're playing top golf with uh, with your buddies, so that, you, that you got you too. got that yep. aspect down, right? Yep. <laughs> no, I don't got that. I gotta, I'm gonna go practice. I'm gonna go practice. <laughs> Uh, pushing forward, what's on your personal calendar as it relates to coming to BYU, arriving, getting integrated with the team, into school, and then practices? Um, like when am I coming to campus? Yeah. Uh, I don't know yet. We have not locked in a date. Um, I got some things I got to pack up from uh, my apartment in Birmingham, but after that, I'll probably be down there as soon as possible. Are you still in school at Sanford? Are you finishing um, things up or are you done? Um, I, I graduated, uh, last Friday and I have, uh, one summer class I have to take and then I'm done, but that's online. Right on. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of hard work. <laughs> Absolutely. Quez, it's, uh, it's great to talk to you, man. Uh, just to let you know, when you come on the show, you receive BYU Sports Nation karma and it will make your life better. Some good luck. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so maybe that's Top Golf next time. Who knows? <laughs> Might not go back. It's not one summer class. It's the workout. Yeah, it's yeah. the, it's the yeah. workout you have today. Yeah, exactly. It's sure. Things will get better. Quez, uh, congratulations again on everything. Can't wait to see you in Provo. We got an open seat for you. We'll talk to you soon in Studio B. Sounds good. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. CBS uh, College Hoops analyst John Rothstein reports BYU men's basketball host Georgia State December 13th. Do you like that game? Yes, perfect game, perfect opponent. Come to Provo, BYU game that they should win next. Yeah. So here's what Give me another. Uh, has been reported so far. San Diego State at home, Morgan State, Evansville, Georgia State, all home. Uh, road at Utah. And then Vegas is Arizona State, NC State, and TBD. It's plenty tough. It's so plenty we know tough already. Seven of the 13. Yeah. Like with those names you just listed, just more Georgia States and more Evansvilles, please. Yes. And at home. And at home. BYU softball. Pay him if you need to. BYU has more money, right? <laughs> BYU softball needs to win their final six games in the West Coast Conference and have LMU lose two out of three against San Diego next weekend. Whew. What are the chances that BYU softball gets into the NCAA tournament and doesn't miss out two years in a row? There's a chance they miss out um, because they don't control their own destiny, unfortunately, because they lost a series against LMU. Hopefully, they can win out and hopefully San Diego takes care of business. San Diego is the third best team in the West Coast Conference, but the way BYU obliterated them does not give me great confidence that they can solve the best pitcher in the WCC. Her name is Jenna Perez. She's an honorable mention All-American at LMU. So much honor in that mention. Uh, she's really, really good. Uh, I'd give it like a 5% chance, honestly, that that happens. Maybe that's too high. <sighs> that's not great. Not great, Bob. BYU baseball currently in seventh place in the West Coast Conference, 9-10 record behind sixth place St. Mary's, 11-10. Top six teams make the tourney in Vegas. What are the chances BYU baseball makes it to the tourney? WCC. They have a better chance of getting into the conference tournament than softball does of getting into the NCAA tournament, that's for sure. A little, little easier to get top Yeah, it's, it's because of who BYU gets to play down the stretch. A couple of clubs that are not great. 
Um, good win for BYU against San Diego. I'd say like a 40% chance that BYU can finish in the top six, especially if they can if they can just sweep the series of San Diego. Oh my gosh! And then you have Pepperdine Pacific, yes. who are solar dwellers. Not as great. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Even win the series against San Diego. It takes two out of three, and then dominate. Just win series. You don't need to dominate the seller. Hey, let's go. At a lot of college football stadiums have nicknames like the Big House or Death Valley. Jerry. Yeah. Okay. So. If Lavelle Edwards Stadium had a nickname, what would it or should it be? I don't have a good one for this, so we went to social media. Here are some of the responses. Uh, Chase Rogers on Twitter, the Steak Center. <laughs> that would not relate to uh, everyone else. Andrew Syme on Twitter. I'd call it the House of Midnight because for the last 10 years, that seems to be the time I was leaving it. Okay, okay. The Red Midnight Rubber House. on Twitter, the Mission Home. <laughs> That's good. Uh, just enough on Twitter. High on a mountaintop. Uh, written by my relative Joel H. Johnson. Nice. Yeah, um, high on a mountaintop is interesting. Yeah. Right? Because I, that's, well, like, that's more like between the hedges of Georgia, right? I like, would argue that. most do not have a nickname. Okay? Only like the great ones have a nickname. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like Lavelle Edwards Stadium kind of does already have a nickname, though. Kalani refers to it as Lavelle's house. The players refer to it as Lavelle's we house. We call it Lavelle's house. Yeah, it's, that's the nickname. It's, it's Lavelle's house. That's yeah. kind of its nickname. Lavelle's already, a right? unique name, and so that fits in. So there. I don't know that they need another one. They kind of already have one. Yeah. Also, yeah. Also, it just happens organically. Yeah. It just. Yep. Lavelle's yeah, house kind of seemed to happen yeah, organically, right? Yeah. Lavelle's house. We got to protect Lavelle's house. La casa de Lavelle. Ramp up the security, man. Let's go. <laughs> Get you that Vivint security. Yeah. <laughs> Vivint is involved. Up next, Jaron Jordan goes one-on-one -on -one with new Colts offensive lineman Harris Lachance. Let's go, Harris. Did you win? No, absolutely not. Discussing his draft experience, teaming up with Blake Freeland for the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL and breakfast food? Yeah, breakfast foods. We talk about it. This is BYU Sports Night. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton. I am Jerem Gordon. I uh, spoke earlier this week with Harrison Chance, who is the rookie free agent signing of the Indianapolis Colts, beginning rookie minicamp. Best of luck to Harris there. In our conversation, we talk about signing with the Colts, connecting with Blake Freeland, who he grew up with in Harriman, and breakfast foods. Here's my chat with Harris Lachance. Harris, congratulations, man. Uh, what was it like to go through that process and uh, ultimately land as a free agent with the Colts? Dude, it was crazy. It was uh, nerve-wracking watching the whole draft. Um, I was a fringe guy, so I was I – was, uh, wasn't sure if I was going to get picked up in the sixth or seventh or go as a priority free agent, which I ended up doing. And uh, either way, man, I'm really happy where I landed. So, Colts have always had good offensive lines and are well coached in that regard. Obviously, Blake, um, you know, is going there. What was that fit like in terms of uh, who was interested and did you have a choice? Um, and why was it Indianapolis? Yeah. So, um, not really. I have a great agent and he had a locked in deal with me with the Colts. And mm. it just so happened that Colts picked Blake up and, and then my agent texted me, he said, Hey, by the way, you're locked in with the Colts as well. 
if I don't get drafted. And uh, that's what happened, man. So I was like, wow, this is freaking dope. So you were in a situation where you were like, just get me the best situation and let me know what it is. And it happened to be the Colts? Yeah, exactly. Wow. So when Blake gets picked by the Colts and then you realize you're going there too, what's that like for you? Uh, I was freaking pumped and I texted him and when he texted me and we're like, dude, let's freaking do this. You know, I mean, we played at Harriman together, played at BYU together. Now, now we're going with the Colts together. So it's, it's, uh, it's a funny thing. You can't make that up, man. Like, I don't know, uh, you know, why destiny has us like that, but it does, man. So it's cool. And is there like a Mustang Colt thing too? Like there's something there like with horses or whatever, you know, let's go. <laughs> The, the, the connections on rampant. So. I guess Cougars and horses. Yeah. Yeah. The connections are just going crazy off the charts. So is this a situation where you will sort of uh, obviously you you wanna you wanna make the team and you wanna be there a long time? Do do you get separate apartments, but you go to dinner often? Like how you know, how connected are you and Blake gonna be? <laughs> I'm not sure, man. I wonder. I'm not sure all the details yet, but we fly out tomorrow. I know um, that's a lot of the things. Um, I, I wonder if we'll be roommates. I wonder if they'll put us as roommates. I don't think we get to choose. So That would be sure fun, though, be right? Great. You'd love that. Oh, it'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be awesome. We've been talking about I was just with Blake, so we've been, we've been chatting up, and, and it'll be a fun time, man. I'm really excited. Did you care where you went or you just wanted an opportunity? Um, I just wanted a good fit for me somewhere where I can play. And, uh, and this is a great fit for me. And uh, yeah, I love the game and I, I want to play in the NFL in the next level. And so couldn't be happier, man. All right. You mentioned the connection with Blake. Like when did you first meet Blake Freeland and have you always sort of been on this journey together? Um, and, and were you always friends or did that happen later? So I met Blake in high school. However, I am a little bit older than he is. And so basically I've always known the Freelands. Um, you know, we both live in Harriman and, and I know this, I've always known his dad really well. Um, his dad was my principal in like junior high, if you can believe that. Nice. So, um, but yeah, man, it, the connection's always been there and always loved them. And, you know, it's a tight knit community, the, the Harriman boys, and we like to keep it that way. And playing at BYU together was just so awesome and so much fun. And, really really bonded us i think even more and now that we're you know going to the colts together i think it just continues man it's just funny uh, how life works sometimes so what's the schedule like from now what kind of contact you have you had with the colts so i've done a lot of meetings today we fly out tomorrow for rookie mini camp come back sunday and then we're here for a week and we fly back out uh, to go to OTAs, which is about five or six weeks. What are you hoping for? What are you expecting in that process, obviously, to uh, try and make that team? Just I'm going to go out there um, and do what I do best. Just, you know, get the cleats on, get the helmet on, go out there and have some fun, knock some heads around, you know, uh, work on my craft, work my technique. 
uh, learn the playbook, and that's all anyone can do, really. I assume you want to be a tackle. Um, you know, you and Blake at left and right tackle would be pretty cool. Are you open to guard? Because it's been fun to watch Brady Christensen become, hey, a starting left guard in the NFL with the Panthers. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I think bookends would be really cool with me and Blake. Um, but also, guard would be fun, too, man. I'm like, you know, new team, but uh, I'm still a team guy. So whatever you need me to do, I'll do, man. What would you think of the overall NFL draft for your fellow teammates, uh, three picks in all, which was pretty cool? I thought it was great. Um, wasn't surprised with all these guys. I mean, working with all these guys, you know, we've got we've had a lot of NFL talent, and uh, I think we will continue to. So, are you looking forward to perhaps playing anybody specifically in the NFL, whether that's one of your teammates or like an older BYU guy in the league? Definitely all the teammates. Yeah. And all the, all the BYU alum. I mean, that's fun, you know, definitely got to get that, that after game pick, like you always post, but, uh, my, you know, growing up, my favorite team was the giants. So when we play the giants, that'll be fun to play them. Be like, yeah, hopefully beat them, you know, just fun. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, and what's fun is there's so many dudes in the NFL now from BYU. It feels like every week there's going to be, a bunch of guys playing each other. What's it been like to kind of see the talent increase to that level the last couple of years? It's been good. It's been great for the program. I think that, uh, you know, nowadays, especially even when I came in, um, the standard was that we're going to the NFL. You know, every player in this room is going to has a dream to go to the NFL and playing here is going to make us capable of doing so. So I think that that's how it's been and how it will continue to be. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for my time at BYU. I loved it. So that online last year was special, man. Um, PFF had it as the number one pass blocking, number twelve ranked uh, run blocking. I mean, it was all time. It might have been the best O line of all time. Like, did you guys feel like you were really, really good? Yeah, I think that we continue to just try and improve ourselves every week. Um, you know, if we struggle with something, we did our best to to get better at it during the week and perfect on Saturdays. And so, um, but, you know, I, that's what I love about the whole line is that we all knew each other for a long time. We all were boys for, you know, four or five years. So we had a lot of fun. And it's been a fun, uh, you know, like you said, five years. I've mentioned, hey, that 2018-19 crew of kind of freshmen, sophomores that kind of cut their teeth at seven and six produced some special seasons uh, the next couple of years, right? 2020 and 21. And you guys salvaged 22 there at the end, which was fun. And then we're seeing these guys go to the NFL. Did you feel like that um, a few years ago where it was like, hey, we're young, but like, we're going to be good. And then it happened. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. Like I said, I was like, I think we always looked around and said, yeah, man, we're going to make it to the league for sure. We're going to get our payday, man. And it's going to be awesome. And uh we're going to kick some butt here as well. So, And if you don't pay for dinner, Zach or Jaren can pay for dinner now, right? Exactly. <laughs> they, owe me, yeah, they owe me a couple meals here, so I'll have to hit them. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> what, what is that like when you're like in it, um, what is like the average amount of food slash what the cost is for like an old lineman like yourself? That's like, what are you, 6'8", like 325, 330? Like, what are we talking about here? Dude, it just depends on how hungry you are. Like, honestly, right now I'm pretty hungry. Like, <laughs> but I'll, it's not, it's not, 
unusual for me to order two meals, you know, especially I'm a big breakfast guy, you know, mm. so breakfast, you got to go, you know, sweet and savory. So maybe I'll get big breakfast plate, you know, sausage, bacon, hash browns, eggs, toasts. But then I'm like, you got to create, you know, you got to, you got to, uh, you know, let the, the cravings of the sweet tooth in a little bit. So you're going to have to get a little French toast, a couple of French toasts, maybe some cho- chocolate pancakes, but don't go crazy. You know, I don't want this to be like all over the, the news and stuff. Wow. Harris eats so much. It's a fatty. Listen, bro, when you're this big, you got to eat a lot. All right. That's so what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you exactly like that too. Yeah. Just so, like that. Yeah, yeah. Just like that. Um, you know, 150 pounds less, but yes, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Um, let, let's finish with this. What's a story from last season in a game that you really enjoyed, whether it was funny or meaningful that, uh, maybe you've, you've kept kind of quiet until after the season's over, but now that it's May, you can, you can, you can share something that was either funny or meaningful during the season that you enjoyed. Oh man. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, we have a lot of inside jokes knowing each other for that long. Um, we can just say one word and, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Or if you're in our little circle. You're saying the O-line? In the O-line, yes. In the O-line room only, yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite memories was is that it was that Boise State game this last year. Um, and it was like, came down to, it was a really close game. And and that week I was playing tackle with, me and Blake were bookends again, kind of like the old days in, in 2021. And uh, I look at him and we were going for a fourth down or, or something. I need to go score. And I look at Blake and we're just like, man, like, this is freaking awesome, bro. You know, and, and you just, I just kind of took a step, step back for a minute, you know, looked around Boise State Stadium and all the crazy fans, how loud it was. And I just thought, man, I'll just, you know, because you never know when your last play will be, you know. So you always just – I took it in and kind of thought to myself, man, uh, what an experience. What a life I have. I'm very grateful. You know, and then we proceeded to win. So that was a freaking awesome trip. But that that's more the one. We have some funny jokes, and I don't know if a lot of them I can say on here, to be honest with you, but it's, it's funny. <laughs> uh, you got to keep them, uh, you know, to yourself. Uh, which is funny, but yeah, the Boise State game. What like what a what a game! What a finish in the final game of a long rivalry that unfortunately goes away, right? Uh, going to the Big Twelve, so that was a really meaningful game for a lot of people. So, well, congratulations on making it to the Colts. It's so cool that the Harriman boys get to uh, stay together. Best of luck in uh, the mini camps and OTAs and whatnot. And thanks for the time. I appreciate you, Jim. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day is, at this point, has BYU football gained more than they have lost in the transfer portal this offseason? Cougar Stats on Twitter says, BYU is currently 20th in the nation for transfer portal acquisitions by 24-7 sports. That's a win. You like that. I do like that. For the second time this week, our elite voice to the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Jody Gowans on Twitter, says, yes, I would definitely take what BYU has gained over the loss, especially with Elder returning. 100%. Cody sort of adds to that, even though he never left. 
Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. So, we made a big deal of the 2000th episode of BYU Sports Nation. Yep. We're not making as big a deal no. of the 2500th episode. But that's what we had today. So, uh, shout-out to everyone who's been involved in the show from the beginning. We appreciate the support from Derek Marquis and Michael Dunn and now Jeff Simpson. Michael Miner, oh, yeah. our original uh, boss. And the now, OG! Now Junior, Dave Phillips, of course, and everyone involved. Thank you. It, this is the funnest job that we could possibly do. We're approaching 10 years. In September. 10 Also, years. fun fact, we were not the original intended hosts. If you pay us enough, we'll tell you who the others were. <laughs> 2,500 episodes. In episode 2,500 on Cinco de Mayo. There's a reason hey, to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, let's go, babe. Our thanks uh, to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and, of course, Harris Lachance. Starting Dennis Pitta, we ran out of pun. Somehow Dennis made the IMDb page here, by the way. <laughs> uh, for Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Andrew Rich. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.